Welcome back to Life and the Stories Within It. My name is Hunter McFall, and I'm your host. Today's episode is sponsored by Kim McFall. She's been a brand partner with Young Living since 2013. She's the mother of four children and three grandchildren. Her journey began when she wanted to explore a way to keep her family healthy without overloading their bodies with toxins, and so she began doing a ditch and switch of products throughout her house using Young Living plant-based products instead. As the world leader in essential oils, Young Living believes that life should be filled with wellness, purpose, and abundance. They offer a variety of products to help you make wiser lifestyle decisions. They offer products for your personal wellness, beauty routine, fitness goals, and home. Well, today, folks, we have a guest. I'm doing my first live interview here with the Miss Becky Monteifel. How are you doing, Becky? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Hunter. Super oh, excited. I'm glad you're excited. I am too. So, little backstory on Becky. Becky and I were actually college neighbors and college friends for the past few years. Becky, why don't you tell us where you're at right now, kind of what you're doing, and a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, so, like Hunter said, uh, we both went to Southwest Minnesota State University. Uh, I was a year ahead of him in college. Um, but we ended up living across from each other in Marshall, Minnesota, where we went to um, our undergrad. And um, this past May, I graduated from there with my um, undergrad and my bachelor's degree in elementary education with a special education minor. Uh, Marshall was a great place for me. I had a lot of success, both academically. Um, they have a great education program. Uh, did a lot of student teaching in the Marshall Public School District. Um, and then I also had a successful track career while I was there. Um, and then I actually didn't want to be done with my track career, so I moved out to Maryland. A big move for me, and I'm currently in my first year of grad school here. Um, I'm a member of the track and field team um, at Towson University, but in a few weeks I will be transferring to Iowa State, where I will be continuing my academic and athletic career. I'm working on my master's in education as well, and then just finishing out my track and field career and hoping for um, maybe a little bit of post-collegiate competition as well. So I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more throughout the rest of this episode. But yeah, that's me. Very exciting. I'm glad to have you on. So why don't we talk a little bit about your collegiate career as an athlete? It's not the most traditional thing from my understanding. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little rocky. Um, but you know, my, yeah, my career as an athlete's been successful, uh, but been through a lot of bumps in the road along the way. So I went to Southwest Minnesota State University out of high school, um, graduated from Mayor Lutheran in Mayor, Minnesota, and I had a decent career in high school. You know, you don't really know what you're doing in high school. And then you're like, okay, well, I might as well give it a shot in college. Um, so came Came to SMSU, went to SMSU uh, for Justin Romero, was coached by him, loved the man. Still a great mentor of mine today. Um, had a great first year there. My freshman year of college was awesome. Um, really sparked my athletic career. Um, my sophomore year, he ended up leaving in October or end of September. Um, I was heartbroken. <laughs> I, I really was. Um, and then halfway through that year, Coach Riley Meisner came, and he was a Maltese coach. Um, so not necessarily a throws coach, but he did the best he could with what he had. And 
Coach Riley and I built a really strong relationship. Um, I ended up making it to nationals for the second time that year. Um, I made my first debut at the indoor nationals. Had a really tough time there. I fell on my first throw and kind of went downhill. But when you fall, fall in throwing and you fall in life, you got to pick yourself back up. Um, so that's what I did. Came out hungry for, for an All-American um, title in my outdoor season that year. And that's exactly what I did. Um, went to Texas for the NCAA championship. That was my sophomore year, so 2019. And placed eighth in the discus that year. Um, was on the high of my life after, you know, after Romero left and then all the coaching transitions. Um, it was just, it was great. And then after that, um, Coach Lizzie got hired my junior year. Um, I mean, you might know her and I didn't have a strong, strongest relationship, but we made what we had work and, and um, ended up with four more All-Americans. By the end of my collegiate career, she was really consistent through my two last two years there, junior and senior year. Um, but by the time of my end of my senior year, I knew I wanted to go somewhere else and take it up to the Division One level. Um, so I transferred over to Towson University for my last year. Um, with COVID, we got an extra year year of eligibility, and came out here. My first week here, I broke my foot. <laughs> I've been, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've been through a lot of injuries. You know that. Um, just a lot of smaller ones. I pulled my groin. I um, <laughs> fell down the stairs <laughs> and I sprained my ankle. Um, but there's just like a lot of little injuries that I was able to recover from at SMSU. And then coming out here and having such a traumatic injury and such a big injury. You know, I went through a break. I went through a surgery um, all within my first few weeks of being in a new area without any family around me. Um, that was really tough. But you know, I had a good coach and I had a good, had a good set of teammates here who were supportive. Um, however, middle of October, <laughs> my coach out here accepts a different position that was better for him. So yet again, another coaching change. And um, I kind of hit that fight or flight mode and something told me to, to flight to leave. And I went back in the transfer portal and landing at Iowa State. And, I, and this is where I'm going to finish out my college career. Well, that's exciting. I mean, you definitely have had quite the college career. I mean, I would say it's not the most, even for collegiate athletes as a whole, it's not the most traditional route. So before we get into some of the kind of nitty gritty questions we can talk about, um, what events did you mainly participate in? Just to provide some clarification for listeners. Yeah, good question. Um, I'm a thrower, so I do shot put, discus, the hammer throw, and the weight throw. Um, so shot put and discus people might be more familiar with. Hammer and weight are the same event. One's just indoor and one's outdoor. Um, my two primary events are shot put and discus. Okay, I really liked when you said that you when you said you fell right away at the beginning. I mean, when you fall in sports, when you fall in life, you got to get back up and keep going. I mean, that's a great thing, great mindset to have just in general. And obviously, you did keep going because. I believe that was like the first time you got your All-American and then you went and got four more after. I mean, you ended up with how many more after that. So you obviously got back up and kept powering through it. But I know you mentioned you didn't have the, I would say, strongest relationship, if that's the an appropriate term for it, uh, with your coach, Lizzie. Can you kind of talk about how you went through on a daily basis? Because... I mean, being there, being your neighbor, I knew you guys had practice sometimes two, three times a day, or you guys had your own elective practices and stuff like that. So it's not like you just saw this person once or twice a week. I mean, you were constantly 
seeing Lizzie, your coach, you're constantly seeing uh, plenty of your other co-workers, like your, I would call them co-workers, but your teammates uh, multiple times a day. So how did you end up kind of remaining prof- remain professional and keep getting up after getting knocked down? I mean, if yeah. that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, and I can probably say this for any athlete, is keeping your, your eye on the prize. Um, we, we have goals, individual goals, we have team goals, um, but keeping your eyes on the prize and, and working towards those goals is the biggest thing. Um, fortunate for me, I had super supportive teammates. Um, I, I consider all of them part of my family. Um, I still keep in touch with them on a daily basis. Uh, right now, they're competing at their first track meet this year. Um, I'm super excited to see where they end up. But, yeah, I mean, it is tough. And when you go to practice, you have to, you know, put on that face. You have to remember why you're there. And I think with having so many different coaches and not specifically, you know, just Lizzie or just Justin Romero or, you know, anyone, you, you learn how to adapt and you learn how to work with a wide variety of people and personalities. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things I can take away from my collegiate career so far is being able to, I want to say, I don't, I don't know if I want to say empathize, but being able to, you know, work with a variety of different people and kind of have an understanding of where, where they're at. Um, but yeah, really just kind of trusting your process, trusting your training and keeping your eyes on, on your prize and on the goals that you have set. Um, that's huge. And that's what got me through. Good. Well, I'm glad it did get you through because, I mean, you definitely had a, a pretty fantastic collegiate career so far, and we hope it continues. So shifting tracks a little bit, we talked about your coaching at SMSU here in Minnesota. What was the draw to go and pursue a collegiate career, I mean, post your undergrad? I mean, I know you're a very passionate person about your sports, but obviously there's something that has to have clicked. I mean, like you said, you were... you we're in track in high school, but it wasn't, you didn't know if it was going to be something for you in college. So there was that, you came to college, you had that experience so that all of a sudden it all clicked and you're like, this is what I want to do. I love doing this. Something else had to have clicked again that you wanted to continue on postgraduate and go get your master's. I mean, was it that you wanted to, that you knew you wanted to get your master's right away and then it just so happened you could play sports or was it kind of best of both worlds that like, okay, I want to go play sports and I can get my master's at the same time. Yeah. I think it's kind of the opposite of what you first said. Oh, I want to get my master's in sports is there. Um, I didn't intend on getting my master's right after my undergrad. Um, you know, COVID took a lot away, a lot away from us. Um, and you know, we lost a year of competition, but you know, one benefit from that is we get it back. And so instead of being able to compete for four years, I get this extra fifth year that I can take right now and I can go and try to achieve my big dreams and goals. And being an athlete isn't something you can just stop doing, or most, at least I can't speak for everyone, but most people you can't just stop doing and pick it up five years later and be amazing. Um, You're definitely kind of in your prime and that's where I'm at right now. So my push was that, okay, I have this year of eligibility I had a successful Division II career. Why not try to step up, you know, have better facilities, better coaching, and more consistent coaching, or 
at least a thought. <laughs> and, <laughs> and why not try to see where I can take this now? Like I have the opportunity to get my master's, which is, you know, a great thing. First of all, why not get more education when you can? Um, but then being able to continue to do what I love alongside of that, um, it kind of was just the best of both worlds. And, you know, now with my next transition, I'm excited again, like it's a new experience and um, the coach who's there is phenomenal. So I'm very excited to work with him. And yeah, I mean, the division one level is very intense and, you know, people say division doesn't matter, but it's just a whole different atmosphere. And I'm excited to be at, you know, at the top tier of NCAA right now. Okay. So throughout your entire collegiate career, whether it be undergrad and now postgrad, what do you think has been your biggest challenge? Oh. I know um, that's a big question to ask. Yeah. I mean, like I said, and people probably know by now I've been through a lot of different changes, but I think my biggest challenge has been this most recent injury. Um, I, so I broke the fifth middle tarsal in my foot, which is, it's a pretty serious break, but a lot of big athletes have been through this break before. Um, my coach was telling me that there's been some professional basketball players who have had the same break and have bounced back. Um, and so he was super, you know, supportive and reassuring and, um, kept it positive. But just getting through that without having, you know, a close-knit family right here with me, both, you know, my immediate family and my friends from Marshall, um, it's been tough to try to get around a new area that I'm unfamiliar with, um, but also, you know, work through this without that, that support system right here. Um, obviously, you know, I've had lots of phone calls, text messages. Um, I've been into snail mail lately, so writing a lot of letters and stuff to friends. Um, so that's got me through, but this for sure has been my biggest obstacle. And when it first happened, I considered, you know, is this it? Is this the end of my road? Like, is this God telling me you need to be done? You know, go be a teacher. Um, but, you know, getting through that and, you know, praying and trusting the process with that too has made me stronger. Well, great. I'm, I'm glad that you were able to rely on your faith and that you were able to kind of see the bigger picture and be optimistic about it. Because I know some people can get very down on themselves, especially with injuries with people that play sports, whether it's collegiate professionally. I mean, this is their lifestyle. This is what they do day in and day out. They put so much time and effort and then all of a sudden injury comes up and it could mean the end, but I'm glad that you remain optimistic about it. So with everything going on, you're still a full-time student, correct? So you're still a full-time student, you're a full-time collegiate athlete, and you moved out from small-town USA, Minnesota, out here to uh, completely across the country, out to the East Coast. What was that like, going pretty much, I'll call it uprooting, I mean, you're still Becky, we know that, we still love you tried and true, but you pretty much uprooted yourself and went out East to try something new, which I think is absolutely amazing, If that because you... It takes a lot of guts. I mean, it's a gutsy thing because not everybody can do that. I don't know if I could do that. Just get up, move halfway across the country. So what was that like? I mean, you're for, between finally coming to the realization like, okay, oh, yeah, I'm actually doing this to, okay, I'm out here. Yeah. What's my transition now? Yeah. So I remember, <laughs> I remember sitting in my house in Marshall and like the week before I made my decision, Haley was over, one of our good friends, Haley Neerling. Um, she was over, and I just remember crying to her. I was like, I think I'm going to go to Towson. I think I'm going to move to Maryland. And she's like, why are you crying? And I was like, because I don't want to leave everyone. 
Um, and then when I did finally make my decision, my roommate was home, my best friend Emmy was home, and I remember crying to her too. And she's like, are these happy tears or are these sad tears? I said, I think they're happy, and they were. Um, and then I went home for the summer, I worked all summer, and I remember my mood from the beginning of summer to the end of summer kept changing. I was so excited. I was like, you know, I got my last month home. I'm going to spend it with family and friends, do lots of fun stuff. And then like it got down to six weeks and then five weeks and then four days. And it just, the nerves kind of started to set in. And I remember telling a bunch of my close friends at the park where I work at, I was like, I think I'm going to get there after my 21 hour car ride. And I'm just going to sit in my car and like say to myself, what am I doing? what am I doing here? And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I like parked, <laughs> parked my car in park and I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know anybody here. I don't know where I am. What did I just do? I'm 20 hours away from home. Like not a clue in my life. Do but I just I said, you know get what? back in the car and turn back around and just <laughs> yeah. keep going and just say, no, well, not for me. Or... Maybe, but <laughs> no, I think this experience is something I needed to, you know, find who I am and, um, know what I want in life. Um, and I don't think my goals can be any more clear now than they were before. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was kind of exhilarating moving across the country. Um, I've been here for like three and a half months now and I think that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> like I know that East coast living is not for me. Um, and I'm definitely more of a Midwest girl. So. Well, <laughs> and it's a good thing that you figured this out now instead of, not doing it and then having regrets. I mean, I think, I mean, I, we all do it. And it, no matter how small it is, it happens that we don't do something. And we're like, Oh, what if we would have done that? And we have that little bit of regret, like eh, maybe it could have been something, or maybe if I would have done this differently, we would have had a different outcome. But I'm just glad you mentioned that your goals were clear because soul searching is a really hard thing to do for some people. I mean, I struggle with it myself sometimes. All of a sudden I'm sitting here and I'm like, I mean, especially with the podcast, I mean, I mentioned it in my last episode here after I had taken a break from it for a while is that I had a really, really, I hit writer's block is what I want to call it or creator's block, whatever you want to call it. I didn't know where I wanted to take the podcast. I mean, I know I had a general idea of what I wanted, but I didn't know where I wanted it to go. And I was struggling with having that vision. And finally, I think I want to call it rock bottom. I wasn't, it wasn't, an unhealthy rock bottom, but it was like a soul searching rock bottom where all of a sudden I'm like, okay, you have that eye opening. Something happens and something like it's like a light switch flips on and you have your eyes are open. It's clear now. Um, and you finally have that picture in your mind, your realization that like, this is what I want right now. So I'm glad that you were able to get that. I'm glad. And I'm really excited that you're coming back because now I can actually see you more than like once a year I'm going well. We went from seeing each other like two times a day to absolutely nothing. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. Miss my neighbors. It was a fun time. <laughs> it was. But, so, what, talking about kind of like rock bottoms, I think grounding is a really good thing in our lifestyle. Is when I, and what I mean by grounding is that you all, and it can be on a daily basis, it can be on a monthly basis, whatever. It can be when a traumatic or big event happens is that you kind of recuperate and you collect yourself and collect your thoughts because you need to organize them. You need to kind of see the bigger picture. How do you ground yourself? Especially 
like you said, when you your goals became clear to you and everything, like how did you ground yourself out there and kind of come to the realization that okay, I going out to Towson Towson was the right choice for me, but coming back is that now what I need to do? This is what I like. How is what was your grounding like? Yeah, and I mean you won't be surprised to hear this because we used to do this all the time, but um, I am an avid like outdoorsy person. I love to go outside. I love to go hiking and I love to go for walks. Um, so prior to breaking my foot, I, you know, I would go for a walk. I would go spend some time outside exploring park or something. Um, but once I broke that my foot and I was going through all these obstacles, you know, like a month after I broke my foot is when my coach told me he was leaving. Well, I was two weeks post surgery, so I really couldn't walk. Um, but I actually, turn to my faith. Um, I became much stronger in my faith. Uh, my mom sent me a devotion book in the mail around the time I broke my foot and um, started reading that. And really, it, it did ground me. It was wild because I just kind of would open up my Bible and I feel like where I opened it up to was speaking to me. Like it was so wild that I could, I could just relate it to my life. Um, and so that really helped ground me through this transition in my life. Um, but then, you know, just relying on my roommate here, she's been awesome. My she's a teammate of mine, a good friend of mine now. And then, um, another one of my teammates, she's from Minnesota too, a grad transfer. So just finding those people to talk to and be able to vent to, um, also really helped to ground me. But yeah, I would say, you know, finding, you know, something that you trust in, whether it be your, you know, your mom, who's. 1200 miles away and being able to talk to her or having your roommates um just finding someone to talk to and ground you is also a huge huge step that i took oh good i'm, I'm glad that you were able to find that and find a good source at a relatively fast read i mean you would only i mean we know becky for those of you that don't know becky on a personal level becky is a very bubbly person and i mean she can make friends with anybody so it's not a surprise that you made friends that quickly, but it's also just a good thing that you're able to find that. I want to talk a little bit that you mentioned your faith. So when I think of faith, I think there's sometimes a misconception that people automatically think of religion, mm-hmm. where we need to look at the actual word of faith. I mean, we have to, when you do exactly said it, you have to find something to trust. We have to find something to believe in. And that can be your religion. That can be your friends. That can be whatever you find. I feel like faith is a very strong thing. Like myself, I mean, you know me, I'm also a Christian. Um, I'm maybe not as devoted as going and reading devotions and doing that, but I think faith is open for interpretation in a religion sense. It's open for interpretation that everybody finds their way. They find their groove. And I think that's what the Lord intended for us is that we find our own way of going throughout life and connect with him, whether it be your traditional ways or untraditional ways. So, you said Mama Lois. That's one of my nicknames for her mother, Lois. Um, sent you a devotion book. Do you mind sharing what book it is? Um, give me a second. If you know, if you know the book, that's fine. I wanted to make sure I got the exact title for you, um, but it was Daily Strength and Daily Needs. Um, so it wasn't necessarily like a biblical you know, devotional book, but there is a Bible verse in every single one of the pages and there's a page for each day of the year. And then, um, there's usually two 
like excerpts in there. So usually a quote from a person and then um, kind of like a testimonial from a person. So yeah, like that got me through and it was nice that I could do one each day. Um, and sometimes I would go back and read, you know, the one from the day before and just that did give me the strength I needed to get through. So yeah, it was very sweet of her. Brought tears to my eyes when I opened up the box. Well, good. Well, thank you, Lois. When you hear this, I'm, I'm hoping you'll hear this. So thank you for doing that and inspiring Becky. So um, shifting tracks a little bit again, why don't we talk about what kind of wanted to, you're going into teaching. So you have your undergrad in elementary education, I believe, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what made you want to go be an elementary teacher? Because it takes, I mean, teachers as a whole, it, you have to kind of be a born teacher. I mean, it can, you get better as you go on, but you have to be able to have the patience and willingness to teach somebody a new trait, whether that be at a young level or even at the collegiate or older level. Mm -hmm. So what made you want to be a teacher and especially an elementary teacher? Because you have to have such a kind heart and be a special golden kind of person in order to want to teach younger individuals. Yeah. Um, so I feel like people go into teaching, and this is something a lot of my professors have told me, um, people go into teaching because they either have a really good teacher or a really bad teacher in their life. Um, I don't think I really had either of those. But my senior year of high school, I was crowned dairy princess for Carver County. Um, so I grew up on a dairy farm and I had the opportunity since I did live on a farm to be a dairy princess and represent the county and the farmers in the county. And that summer, I had so many appearances um, where I was able to educate the public about the dairy industry. Um, so right off the bat, like I got to connect with so many young children and so many people in general um, and seeing their faces after learning a new fact or um, just being able to talk to a princess was so cool. And so I then went into SMSU for elementary education. Um, I don't know if many people know about this, but like my sophomore year, I, I tried to add a major and tried to go ag ed along with elementary ed, which is something people don't do. Like <laughs> those majors don't go together. One in a um, million. <laughs> <laughs> I made it through half a course and I took a W in the course because agriculture education was not for me. It definitely takes a special person for that major as well. Um, I have a lot of peers and a lot of good friends who are ag teachers. So um, I let them take that career and I'll go for the young ones in elementary. Um, but yeah, really that summer before I went to college kind of, spoke to me and was like my reason for going to elementary ed. And then SMSU's education program gets you in the classroom right away. So my first semester at SMSU, I had a placement um, in a fourth grade classroom in Redwood Falls somewhere. And I knew that it was for me. I just loved working with the kids. I loved going to my placements every day. And throughout my four years at SMSU, I spent hundreds of hours in the classrooms and a lot of those in the Marshall Public School District. And it really just sealed the deal. Well, good. So what are you hoping to do with your master's then? Are you hoping to possibly go into like administration in the school district, wherever you end up, or are you just hoping to have that so that you can possibly end up going and teaching? I mean, there, it seems like there's multiple different avenues that you can have with an education degree, let alone a master's in education. Yeah. Um, so the plan later in life, way later probably, um, is to get into admin. So I'd love to be like a superintendent or a principal or, you know, higher education like that. Um, but to get to that level, you do have to teach first. Um, so right now with my master's, you know, I'm just, I'm just excited to be able to get it 
at a young age and, you know, still, still do that while I'm in the groove of school. Um, but yeah, my end goal is to teach for a little while and then hopefully move up to be like a principal someday. That's, that's my goal. Okay. I did have to explain to our friend, our mutual friend, Haley of, I, this is all in good fun. I don't mean to pick on Becky, but Becky being a thrower and being in, uh, track and field and like outdoor sports like that. And her wanting to go into administration, I thought of Miss Trunchbull from the movie Matilda. And I said, I sent that to uh, Becky and Haley. Becky's like, okay, I mean, I can kind of see it like as a joke. And then Haley's like, I don't know who this woman is. So I had to explain it to her. And she thought I was kind of mean at first, but then all of a sudden we had good laughs. So I was kind of joke around sometimes and be like, oh, we got Miss Trunchbull coming in the room here. Got to be quiet because, I mean, I believe Miss Trunchbull was a principal or superintendent of her school in the movie or whatever. And she was some big Olympian and all that stuff. Hey, let's make it happen. So, I mean, we can we can work on it. So, then I can uh, then I can say I know an Olympian. Can we if once you win your gold medal, I hope we can share the gold a little bit. So, or at least let me wear it once and take a picture with it. Uh, so I can. I mean, I I know that's a lot to ask for, but you technically are on my podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's an even trade here. Yeah. So, well, Becky, is there anything else that you'd like to say to our viewers before we start looking at signing off? Um, I don't think so. Um, you know, it's been great. I really appreciate you having me on your podcast. I know it's one of those things I joked about when you first told me you were starting a podcast and now it's actually happening. Um, super exciting to see, you know, those end of the year wrapped tour things on Spotify and having you as some people's top podcasts. Um, I know that was, that really makes my day. Yeah. Just being able to see that. And I'm glad that you were able to come on here. I I mean, yeah. The biggest thing I want people to know is that, granted, Becky's my friend, but Becky, I, I chose Becky and I asked her and we talked about it for a while because I feel like Becky is a good story. And that's what I'm trying to find out. It's not that I, I mean, granted, she is my friend, but she has had a bumpy college career, not necessarily academically, but with her collegiate at, I mean, with her collegiate sports. So I'm just glad that Becky, thank you for being able to come on here today. I'm glad it worked out. I'm glad that we were finally able to do this. Yeah. I mean, this has pretty much been a year in the making. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see where you go throughout your college career. I'm excited I can be a part of that as one of your good friends and grow from there. So before we sign off today, folks, uh, I just want to let you know that our sponsor today, Kim, sponsor today, Kim McFall, she is actually sponsoring a giveaway. So by the time you hear this, this uh, it should be happening next, uh, I would say Monday, the, let me pull up my calendar quick. I'm hoping to put it out Monday the 6th of December and then have it run towards the end of December. Uh, our giveaway, you're going to have to do a few things. I think you're going to have to react with a heart to the post. You're going to have to share the post and make sure you're liking the page and probably comment something positive uh, in order to get entered in the giveaway. I think it's $120 value. Some of the things uh, that we have on there include a essential oils diffuser, um, a few different roller bottles. It's pretty much like a wellness kit that you can obtain i've got the list here uh be merry roller bottle we've lavender lip balm uh ghirardelli milk chocolates you got mittens i've got a ten dollar caribou gift card on there and a few and there's a bunch of other stuff on there so i'm excited to be able to get that going this is going to be kind of our winter hoorah let's start drumming up support again for the podcast after taking a break for a while Uh, another thing i have recently switched to a different podcast host so this is a different hosting site where I can do a little bit more that I can publish out to multiple different uh, services as well. 
and it has a website on it uh, that I put up a donations tab. I don't like asking people for money. It's not my strong suit, but don't right now all of the podcast hosting, the podcast equipment, all of the editing software, all of this is directly out of my pocket, and I don't mind that at all. But in order to help out a little bit, I have set up a PayPal. And what I'm doing in order to keep true to kind of what our fundamental goals of the podcast are is that I'm donating every month there's going to be a, like I would say, charity of the month or charities of the month, one or two. And that 10% of all donations will go to that charity or charities throughout the month. So that way we can keep true to why we're here, why we're keeping the podcast. But at the same time, you guys are helping me out in order to help provide uh, more content. So I'm glad that we were able to do an interview. I'm working very closely on getting video set up so that I can post uh, videos on YouTube now with along with like the interviews and everything like that. Uh, so that should be coming in the near future. So, well, everybody, it's been great having you, Becky. Thank you again. Once again, I'm so glad that we were able to do this. Yeah, so thank you. yes, take care, Becky. Thank you everybody for tuning in today and we will catch you next time.